Welcome, everybody, to the Friday wrap-up show. What we're going to try to do here, and by we, it's the royal we here. It's just me, Kevin Cole, uh, your host, proprietor of the Unexpected Points Substack newsletter and podcast here. So what we're going to try to do is use this Friday show, this solo Friday show, as an exclusive to the paid subscribers at unexpectedpoints.substack.com. But but there is a little bit of a loophole here in that I'm going to stream this live to YouTube. I may take some questions from there. I, I think I have enough questions that I got via comments in different posts, from mostly from paid subscribers because they're mostly paid posts. I think one of the comments is from a free post that I did on Russell Wilson that I may talk about slightly in this. But to get away, to get a little extra benefit for the paid subscribers there, where if you can't speak to me directly, if you leave comments in the Substack post when I post this podcast, which again will go out to paid subscribers, I will answer those on the following week's podcast. I was going to do this the last couple of Fridays, but I was out of town down in Orlando, Florida. Uh, I know hard life for me. While some of you guys were freezing your tushes off a couple of weeks ago, I was down there in frigid 35 degree weather in Orlando, uh, playing a lot of pickleball, hanging out with the kids and also getting up those posts, you know, uh, at least five posts a week and did not do the podcasting though when I was down there. It's just not a good setup. It's not a good studio. I don't have everything set up there, but I did come back at you with an interview for with Ted Knutson, the CEO and founder of Stats Bomb this week. I'm going to talk about what he said, one part of what he said in it because it sparked a conversation amongst commenters on that particular post. So we're going to talk about that as part of this year. But I'm also going to do a weekly wrap up of the things. One thing I haven't decided is whether or not I want to release a free preview to the free but non-paying subscribers um, of the podcast. I don't know. Like, is it going to get anyone to convert? I'm not quite sure. If this, is, if this is enough to get someone to convert. But I do think it's a good thing, again, to establish that relationship. You've been able to uh, post questions directly to me. Now, if you are watching on YouTube, and I see there are some some viewers here, not a lot, some viewers here on YouTube. I don't have a ton of subscribers to my new YouTube channel here. Um, if you want to post a comment on this, put Q&A at the beginning of the comment, and I'll realize that that's a Q&A that I can eventually get to uh, once I go through the five, six, seven questions that I already have vetted and set up here to talk about. But before we get to the Q&A, um, first off, I just posted something on Twitter about Pat Corain, uh, a joke about how he's going to come into the NBC Sports Edge offices and quit Chappelle, Sh uh, Chappelle Show style. There's a Chappelle show episode where he gets uh, uh, he gets Oprah pregnant. And because of that, he's like, I'm set now for life because because <laughs> now I'm Oprah's uh, baby daddy and I'll, I'll be set for life there. So he goes into the offices of Chappelle show and he says, I quit and tells everyone to kiss his ass. This and that. So I posted that on Twitter saying that's what Pat Corain, those who don't know Pat Corain, he works over at NBC Sports Edge with the guys there. Great guy. Um, been involved heavily in the best ball streets. Heavily in the um, high stakes, I guess you could call them, leagues that are out there in different forms. Ship Chasing was the show that he had on there. Uh, he, talk about shipping something. Talk about adding a chip to your resume here. 
he won the underdog fantasy. I believe it was the best ball mania three tournament, 10 million in total prize money for this tournament, $2 million to number one. I'll repeat that $2 million is a best ball tournament done in the off season. I believe is a $25 entry for everyone going into this. So they had about 451,000 entries filling this tournament, $25 a piece, I believe. And again, $2 million to Pat Corain. Now, one thing I'll mention about Pat, and I, I don't think he'll mind me putting this highly sensitive and uh, confidential information out there. Pat Corain is a subscriber to Unexpected Points, the Unexpected Points newsletter. One of the first subscribers there. Um, I shoot DMs with him all the time. He likes the adjusted scores. We talked about that a lot. He's a subscriber here. So is it coincidence that Pat Corain subscribed to Unexpected Points a few weeks ago and now he is a multimillionaire? Hmm, I don't know. You know, yes, he drafted the team months and months ago. It had nothing to do with, with any knowledge that he gained from being a subscriber. But hey, you got to look at the cosmic influence of these of these sorts of things here. And what's especially talk about cosmic influence, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit in regards to playoff seating and other things that have come on the heels of the canceled Bengals Bills game. And you know, prayers up, uh, thumbs up, Demar Hamlin. Sounds like things are going very very well for him there. Uh, people have had a similar sort of condition in the past um, when they have received direct successful medical intervention on the field like Hamlin did here. Some people are back playing. Multiple people are back playing after having heart attacks on the, on the pitch sometimes when it comes to soccer, but also as a hockey player who had a very similar thing happened and was back to playing a few weeks later. I don't know if, um, or a month or two later, I don't know if Hamlin will be one of those people that eventually ends up uh, playing here, but, you know, much success to him. But because of what happened there and this game being canceled, you know, I don't know if Pat Crane wins this thing. Pat Crane was in first place going into Monday night, but uh, he posted his lineup. I don't think he had anyone playing on Monday night. So there were at least half a dozen to a dozen other teams who could have overtaken him if that Monday night game was played. So, whew. A lot of luck out here. That is a lot of luck, a lot of variance generally in sport, and I guess also in sport-derived contests here, like the Best Ball Mania 3. Props to Pat Corain, though. Uh, again, I, I got to get pa Pat Corain, founding member. You need to be a founding member of this newsletter now. You, you, got, you got the money to throw around to, to do so, not just be a regular member. Um, but when I go into luck, I want to talk a little bit about luck here. Did the NFL galaxy brain this whole agreement? Um, I thought they might even push forward with trying to play the game last week. It seemed like that was be a PR disaster to have done that. So they decided not to do it. Uh, I started a lot last week, but going you know earlier this week before we get to, to Sunday, probably would have been a PR disaster. Kind of understand why they didn't do it from that from that standpoint. But one thing that's really interesting in this was, you know, when DeMar Hamlin woke up, one of the first things he asked the doctors and there was this, you know, somewhat eye rollish sort of cheesy line about the doctor saying you won the game of life afterwards, but he asked them specifically, did we win the game? And what's, what's interesting about this is like, yeah, that is the NFL protocol. Not remember, this is a freak thing that has never happened before on an NFL field. 
I, I can talk more about, I did some research into, um, I think it's, I, I want to get the pronunciation correctly. I think it's like commotio cordis or whatever you call the, the, the likely cause of his, um, of his heart attack. Um, it's actually not really an NFL thing. It's more of a ball round ball or object hits you in the chest causing at a, at a very inopportune exact timing moment is normally when it happens. It's not a football thing can happen in football. Um, it's an eight to 18 year old thing. So it's younger people most of the time. Um, so you don't see it with older people that, that often because they have higher developed um, rib and chest capacity to kind of to, to blunt the impact. And it's most often from, Baseballs, hockey pucks, um, lacrosse balls. There's, there's, there's been multiple people who have died from this condition because if you don't have the equipment to shock back uh, your, your heart rhythm back into, into place, it's a very low survival impact. So this is really not a football thing what ended up happening in this. And that's why, you know, Hamlin was wondering, hey, are we, are we, do we play the game? Because, I mean, there have been guys, think about um, – God, the name escapes me. I think his last name was Utley, who was a Detroit Lions offensive lineman. Dude was paralyzed on the NFL field. I know that happens sometimes where we don't know whether guys have feelings or not in their extremities. You know, they're, they're put on the cart. They're taken off on the ambulance and people just go ahead and play again. That's pretty much the protocol for any injury in the NFL is you cart them up, you load them up. You drive them off, and then you give the the five-minute warning that became this big thing with the NFL forcing them to play. Presumably, you know, and I, maybe I give too much credit to the NFL and others for – actually, I shouldn't say too much credit. I'm not going to be assuming the worst about them. I, mean, I just assume that the referees thought this is the protocol, and we're going forward with the protocol, whether the NFL, like, was trying to force them to play or not. But, you know, Hamlin thought that they would have played the game. But his initial reaction to it, that's kind of how things work. So the, this is just an extreme outcome, the fact that this game wasn't played. Um, I also did some more research to figure out, like, when has this ever happened before? And this feeds in a little bit to the, the reading assignment, which unfortunately I know I had the book club thing set up, uh, the perfect pass. Maybe I'll talk about that a little. But there is a great second chapter in the perfect pass where they're talking about the history of the forward pass and the history of football generally, where there were a lot of dudes dying. I played football. Uh, We're talking about, you know, 100 years ago at this point or 80 years ago at this point. Um, But that happened before. 1971 is probably the most recent incident. Detroit Lions uh, wide receiver. I believe his name was Hughes. God, I wish I had his first name in front of me. I should have. I think it's Daniel Hughes, but I'm not sure. Uh, Hughes died on the football field, basically. Uh, I think he already had heart damage. Before that, he had a heart attack earlier, which went undiagnosed, which would not happen probably in the NFL today since they do so many physicals and testing. He had an undiagnosed heart attack and then with a few minutes left in a game, took a hit, went back to the huddle, went out, maybe even played a play or two and then just collapsed on the field and was taken off. And they finished the game. They finished that game back in 1971. Um, I'm not saying it's the right thing. I'm just saying they finished the game despite the fact that the other players saw that this dude was not breathing on the field um, and took him off. And players were very, very shaken up about this. So I think the NFL definitely made the right decision as far as to, to cancel the game. Definitely made the right decision, I think, 
to not play the game. They could have tried to play on Wednesday, but then it wouldn't have just been the Wednesday to Sunday turnaround for some of these teams. It would have been the Wednesday, Sunday to next Sunday playoffs turnaround that would have been very impacted for them. Now, their solution here, I don't know. I mean, the one thing is you're basically giving the Chiefs the, there's all this talk about who gets home field advantage or not based upon the coin flips and other things. The most significant material thing going on with the seedings here is the home field advantage, not the, is the, is the, um, the buy the first week. That's the most material thing that's going on here. Having to play two games in the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl versus having to play three games in the playoffs. Guess what? I'm going to do some quick math here. It's 50% more games when you go from two to three. That's a big difference. Um, and if you're the number one seed, you secure that as the Chiefs. If you get into a situation where you're going to the conference finals, and this is when it's going to be a little bit different, but at least you have an inside window where if you're not playing the Bills or one of these other teams. If you win, let's say you win this week, you're not, and the Bills either lose or you're not playing the Bills in the conference championship you got that home seed locked in you have the buy locked in so the chiefs are a big big winner as far as this was concerned for the bills perspective not playing the game from the number one seed was like a loss if they win against the Bengals and they win this week they would have had the number one seed the bills and they don't so but now it's the Bengals fans who are a little bit upset about the fact that they're not going to get one of these coin flip situations depending upon where they're going to play i mean i get it to a degree if fans want to be a little bit upset or outraged is probably going too far or think it's unfair. I get that to a, to a degree also. But what I think that my mentality when it comes to these things, and this also plays into referee calls or other sort of random things where you want to get it right, but you have to realize there's a degree of human error involved in everything. There's a degree of human error involved in refereeing, and I don't think they're going out of their way to be unfair to one particular team. Conspiracy theorists aside, there's a degree of human error and imperfection involved in the solution that the NFL came up with here with how the home field advantage will work here. But I don't think anyone's being malicious. I don't think anyone is favoring one team or another. Um, the, the outcome may favor one team or another, but I think I'm more comfortable with that than a lot of people are. Maybe I don't look through the lens of fandom. So that helps making comfortable, but also I think I'm just more comfortable with randomness generally. You know, a few random plays would have gone the other direction. A few random plays go this direction. A few random plays go that direction. This is just another random element that's being thrown into the season. It's not wholly different. I know we think like for referee calls that we have some degree of control and ability to be correct on those. Well, we don't really to get to that level. We can hope for the best. We can develop systems to get us as close as we can but there's always going to be a degree of randomness. And I think this issue with home field advantage for the Bengals in particular, the fact that they're not going to have the home field advantage with the Bills, if it comes down to that in the next round of the playoffs, hey, it's all part of the random game. It's all part of the random game for what went on here. We can say, we can acknowledge, yeah, it's not fair. And at the same point in time, not kill ourselves about the fairness angle or not when it comes to this. All right, a couple other things that I want to talk about before I get in specifically to the paid, again, P-A-I-D, paid subscriber uh, questions here. And then I'll get to the freeloaders on YouTube after that. Just kidding, people looking, uh, watching it on YouTube. Um, I want to talk Justin Fields and the Bears for a second because I'm going to write a piece on this. I didn't know what the appropriate timing was. I hinted on 
the weekend review, the week review Monday piece about the fact that um, the Bears, and who are starting Nathan Peterman, by the way, so they're serious. <laughs> they're serious about getting, I mean, Fields may be injured, but they're serious about getting their number two pick, at least here. If the Bears lose and the Texans win, remember the Texans are playing the Colts, the Sam Ellinger Colts. Mm. Texans want to lose this game, but, you know, Lovey Smith, he's an old school dude. I don't know what's going to go on here. Um, and after all the stuff we saw with Tanking and Brian Flores, I don't think they're going to be slipping Lovey any notes under the door. Uh, you know, like, you know, like those ransom notes where they just put together random letters from different magazines and newspapers. Maybe they'll slip one of those <laughs> underneath Lovey Smith's door and be like, lose at all costs or something like that um, for this one. But so if the Texans win and the Bears lose, the Bears have the number one pick in the 2023 draft. So what I said as part of this Bears wrap-up was Fields had a bad game, bad throwing game, even with a 60-yard scramble and a 30-yard run, which you know he seems to do on a weekly basis, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and say he's not going to get a 60-yard run every single week for the rest of his career. Um, he was very inefficient beyond that, and he's been not any better passing the ball this year than he was last year. Like if you take the scramble rushing contribution out, the 60-yard runs, things like that, there hasn't been improvement in that area. No, I agree with everyone who says the Bears did not put him in a, in a position to be successful this year. Agree. Um, at the same time, you know, like if someone has the best possible surroundings and they're the most efficient quarterback in the NFL, I still think we have to give them some credit because there's a range of outcomes they can have even with the best possible surroundings. So if someone has the worst possible surroundings and then they are the worst passer in the NFL, which Fields is close to being there um, efficiency-wise when you, again, if you strip out these big long runs. Well, we have to wonder a little bit about it. So my point in this, in this little blurb and this write-up was, you know, if the bear, if the bears get the number two pick, which they're slotted to get, you're looking at, depending on who may fall here, it could be um, CJ Stroud. It could be Bryce Young. I need to do more research on the other quarterbacks. I know this will leave us. Levis. God, you don't pronounce his name. I'm, I'm, I'm looking bad here, but I know he's the other guy. Who's, who's near the top here. Uh, again, I haven't done my quarterback research yet. I'm not a college football dude, so pardon me. Um, so there's going to be someone there at two. So my point was, how much do the Bears think and evaluate in that spot? If they get the number one pick, how much do they think and evaluate about Bryce Young? And I had a lot of Bears fans that were jumping all over me because people are just stuck in this fixed mentality of, this is the way things have been. This is the way things will be. If you draft another quarterback, that means you're giving up on the first quarterback. And... I'm going to harken back as I have many, many times before to my favorite saying by uh, Quasi Adolfo Mensa, GM and numbers dude of the Minnesota Vikings when he said, you have to be thoughtful and intentional, okay? If you get the number one or number two pick in the NFL draft in a year where we're saying as of now, we'll see when we get through the draft process, we're saying as of now, there's going to be at least one, maybe two, maybe three quarterbacks near the top who are worthy of those picks. And your current quarterback, Justin Fields, took a step forward in his overall efficiency this year, running the ball a lot. But he was the number 11 picks. He wasn't the highest pick coming out. And his passing just hasn't gotten better, really. 
I know the surroundings are bad. So all I was really saying in this piece was you have to at least think what should our move be. You have to at least think about evaluating. You have to at least think what are we going to do, not reflexively say this quarterback is not a definite failure. This quarterback has taken some strides in year two. So therefore, we're not even going to think about drafting someone right near the top. Because let's remember, some teams don't get a chance to draft one of these high, high quarterbacks for decades. You might not have a chance to draft one of these guys again for decades. You can have, if Fields doesn't work out, you could have 20, 25 years of not finding the right guy at quarterback. Talk to Browns fans until maybe now they have it solved with Deshaun Watson. I don't know. That jersey the Browns had, had a list of names. Um, as long as the, as the night, you know, just keeps on going down there. Talk to Jets fans who now, they've had some high picks up there. Hasn't worked out though. So far, maybe Joe Namath you go back to as far as the last franchise quarterback they had. Chad Pennington was pretty good. Maybe if he never had his injuries, he would have been okay. But even he wasn't necessarily a top, top-notch guy, at least from a physical standpoint. So you got to at least think about it. That's all I'm saying. And some fans don't even want to think about it. They, don't, they say, if we're going to treat the quarterback position like every other position, if we're going to say, how do we improve here? How do we have competition? How do we not just anoint someone? That's a bad thing in their minds. That's a lack of confidence. That's giving up on someone. It's not. Hey, everybody. This was a free version of a premium podcast. I'm going to do these every week. If you like access to it, please get a paid subscription at Unexpected Points dot substack.com that's unexpected points dot substack.com it supports my work it shows a little appreciation which i greatly greatly value from everyone out there plus it gives you the opportunity to drop q a in the comments to me directly or via email and i will answer them on the friday podcast thanks so much for listening even if you're not a paid subscriber i still appreciate that and one last thing If you do not have the means at this point due to financial hardship or any other reason to get a paid subscription, please send an email to unexpectedpoints, that's unexpectedpts, at gmail.com or a message to me directly on Twitter via DM. It's at Kevin Cole triple underscore. And I will comp you a six-month free subscription which will include this podcast and everything else on the website no questions asked i appreciate you guys i know there's some hard times out there for some people i want you to have access thanks so much everyone for listening and there will be a free podcast coming your way next week with another interview